Welcome. I am really glad you're here. You know, years ago, uh, I had a youth uh, outing, and I always told my students that we are doing, if we say we're doing something, we're doing it. And if only one person showed up, we will do the event. And sure enough, Megan showed up for a rock climbing event. And uh, she was the only one. And our youth group was not small. So I was really surprised there was only one. And she said, I, you know what, I, there's, I, I, you don't have to do it. I'm the only one. I'm like, no, we're doing this thing. This is awesome. And we had the funnest time with Megan. She still talks about it and because uh, she was so important. And right now, if you're watching online, we're so glad that you're with us. I know there's many more people online, but we have one family with us in the church right now. This is so cool. And I am going to preach my heart out just like I would if there was a million people here um, because God is so good to us. And you guys, thank you guys for being here. And thank you guys for being here online. You guys, it's so cool that we can actually have church in the middle of a pandemic. Like we had to really learn how to do all this really well, and we're still getting better. And now when it has a snow day like today, you could be home and you could be enjoying your hot cup of cocoa or coffee, whatever it is that you enjoy. And the kids could be out sledding and playing and you can be enjoying church or they could be enjoying it with you. This is really a blessing that we get to do church like this. And so welcome. Uh, we're glad you're with us. And uh, please online interact with everybody that's there, all the hosts and things like that. We uh, have a business meeting at the end of this month on the 28th. And uh, that business meeting is for anybody who wants to attend. So if uh, you are a partner of the church, we changed the name from member to partner. And we did that because membership kind of sounds like I belong to a country club where partnership is I partner with this thing. And so we wanted to make sure that we change that. If you are a partner, please make the business meeting a priority because we need you for quorum and to vote. Only partners can vote, but everybody can be here. And our church business meetings are fun. Like we, we celebrate what God's done. God's always done, doing great things. And so what we do is we celebrate and we have fun, and then we also have to vote on the new coming budget, tell you what's going on in the last year, what's going on the next year. And so it's a really cool time for everybody to be together. We're in this series called Rise Up. And in this series, Rise Up, what we've been doing is talking about the vision that God's put on our heart to, for the next big thing we need to do to raise the mission of the church. And the mission of the church is to go and make disciples of all nations to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to teach them everything that Jesus commands. That's the mission of the church. We, we say it, you know, hey, we exist to help you build a life-giving relationship with Jesus. That's a shorter way of saying it. And so that's why we're here. Vision is, okay, what are we going to do to lift that? What are we going to do to actually make that happen? And once a vision is succeeded, then you need more vision. Otherwise, it just kind of stagnates. And so We've been praying and asking God, and what God really laid in our heart was what Jesus said, that not one would be lost. The Father's not willing that one would be lost. Jesus said he came to seek and to save those that are lost. Jesus said, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so we're like, you know what we need to do? We haven't done this in, in quite a while. We need to find out how many people live within the radius of our reach circle. Now you go, what is a radius reach circle? Well, what you can do in, in church work is you could say, okay, what is the average like amount of space-time that people would travel to come to church? In America, it's 20 minutes. 
So you could say, hey, do a radius circle of roads, not just a generic, but actual 20-minute drive from your church, and then you can find out how many people live in that radius. Our circle from here is 261,000 people. That is like, wow. That is a massive amount of people. And God loves every one of them. And God wants to reach every one of them. Last week, I asked everybody to raise their hand if they knew somebody, or not somebody, five somebodies. If you know five people who don't know Jesus and you want them to know Jesus, I asked to raise your hand. Everybody raised their hand. Everybody, yep, I've got five. In fact, I said probably you all have more than five. But if you took our average weekly attendance before COVID, and then now we have online and all this kind of stuff, but just, just the average weekly attendance, and you times it by five, you're over 3,000 people. Like, that's like, what? That is a lot of people coming to church. How do you, how do you serve that many people? And what God laid on our heart this year was that we would reach at least 1% of our radius. That's 2,610 people. Now, it's not about being big. Like, really, it would be easier to stay where we are. It would be much more relaxing. We wouldn't have to change much. We could just kind of pay the bills and keep on going. But Jesus said he came to seek and to save those that are lost. And he, he said, you need to go and make disciples. So we're taking it very seriously. And to give you kind of an idea of what I'm talking about, yesterday we went to my sister-in-law's 40th birthday party. And so it was at her parents' house, and uh, they live in Warren Beach, like we do. Uh, they have their, their house is on the hill, and their yard is a hill. Like, it's just the most awesome sled hill. And so they have 12 grandchildren. 12! I'm like, I'm, you guys are so blessed. And so they're in the house. We, we come and we say hello, and they're in the house. And, of course, Grandma's holding a brand-new baby. Another one's running around needs to be changed. And all the other kids are on this hill. And they're sledding. And they're having so much fun. So Tina and I brought our snowmobiles down there. And we're like, okay, we're going to like give them a ride up the hill so then they can just sled down. And so we were doing that for quite a while. And I thought to myself, this is what good looks like. This is a grandma and grandpa who love their family, their kids, their kids' spouses. So, you know, their, their son-in-laws and daughters-in-laws. And they love their grandchildren, and they have prepared their home for all of them to play there. And they had a wonderful day, a wonderful day. I really believe what God has put in our heart is that we would prepare for his babies. That we would say, okay, we're going to be a church that can serve a lot of people who don't know Jesus which means those of us who do know Jesus be in the game, that we would serve. And we last week gave you guys a tool. It's actually been the last two weeks, and I'm going to make it available again right now. And it's a, it's a survey. It's a DISC personality survey, and it's a, uh, a spiritual gift survey. They put them together. It's called Uniquely You, and you can get the Uniquely You survey it costs 18 bucks, but it will change your life. If you want to get to know your sweetheart, both of you take this thing. You'll love it. And you can get it by texting the phone number 
1845. And if you put in unique, it will give you the link so you can get the survey. Now, we did uh, seminars on Thursday and on Saturday. Saturday, of course, was a bust because of the snow. But we did have eight people, which was pretty cool. So we did it. And I'll do it again. They're free. I'll do them, I'll, I'll do them if you want them. And you can let me know, Matt, we want to do the seminar. And just email me, Matt, M-A-T-T-M, at LifeChurch360.com. You email me and you say, I want the seminar. I will make the thing happen. We'll put it on the schedule. It'll be a little bit, a, a week or so away, but we'll figure it out. So you can do that. Here's why. Do you ever feel like, and you'll notice on the chairs in here, there's little puzzle pieces. Do you ever feel like, like your life is a puzzle piece and you're trying to fit it into God's grand picture? But you're, it's frustrating because you're like going, I don't know where I fit because I didn't design the puzzle and I'm not really sure how it looks, but God's got this beautiful puzzle. And he's saying, you fit. I made you specifically to fit right there. And when you do your part, you're going to know it. And it's going to make your life come alive. And this whole thing is going to be this beautiful mosaic of my church. And we're going to see people know Jesus. I want to talk today about spiritual gifts. That God's puzzle piece of you is loaded with spiritual gifts. Jesus said in John 3, 3, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, he's talking to a guy named Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is like going, whoa, 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 whoa. I, how do you crawl back in your mother and be born again? And Jesus goes, no, no, no. You need to understand. Everyone's born naturally. You're born naturally. Now, what you need to know about natural birth is that God has wired you from the very beginning the way you are sociologists, scientists, they'll tell you like from right from the very beginning. If you were one of those babies that came out, you're just like, guess what you were like in, in, in the like toddler room? And guess what you were like in elementary school? Like me, in the back of the room and nose in the corner because you're always doing this, right? You're like, you're just that big personality and you're excited about life. And you know what you're going to be like in the nursing home? Hey, we should have a party. You guys, wouldn't it be great? And everyone's like going, we can hardly breathe. And you want to have a, yeah, let's have a party. Um, we're going to have an oxygen party. And like, that's what you'll be like. But listen, if you were the baby that was just quiet and calm and your parents said things like, oh, they're so easy. They're just so wonderful because they're just quiet and they're calm. And you know what you were like in elementary school? You're quiet and calm. You know what you're like in high school? Quiet and calm. You know what you're going to be like in the nursing home? You're just going to be that wonderful person that's just quiet and calm. And they'll say, boy, I just love so-and-so. She's so easy to be around. He's so easy to be around. Because that's just how you are. It's what? Do you know that they even say your athletic ability? From birth. This whole thing with Freddie that I just, like, we, we were like, we can't get the band here. So Freddie's like, I'll just do an acoustic set. And I'm like, okay. It was awesome. The guy is musical from birth. It's called artistic. Some of you are so good at math and science, and it's like it's been there since you were born. That's natural birth. When Jesus said you can be born again, what the Bible says is when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, and then you say to Jesus, you be the leader of my life, I'm now going to follow your lead rather than my lead, 
The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes in you and you're now born of the Spirit. You're reborn. And when you're born of the Spirit, spiritual gifts come into your life. Now, you can look at them like, okay, just like your birth, there's some stuff that's just wired there. There's also stuff that God does, it comes and it goes. I'm going to talk about both of them. You might go, what is a spiritual gift? Well, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 gives us a sample. Here's a sample. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. That's important. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one in the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And He gives them to each one just as He determines. So that just listed off several spiritual gifts. If you want like more spiritual gifts that are like, you know, right there in black and white, you'll find uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31. You can look those up. Romans 12, 3 through 8. Now people like, this is a discussion for fodder, like people aren't arguing over this, but some people will go, well, how many gifts are there? And some would say, there's over 100 spiritual gifts in the Bible. I don't know if there's 100 of them or not, but I do know this. When the Holy Spirit's in here, anything's possible. He can do anything in you and through you because he is a wonder-working God. As I went through the, the three things that I, the, the passage I read plus the other two, I easily found 19. Apostles, prophets, teachers, healing, helps, administration, tongue serving, interpreting tongues, encouraging, generosity, leadership, mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, miraculous powers, discernment, and craftsmanship. Those are all spiritual gifts. Now, here's what we got to understand. They all come from the Holy Spirit, and they're given to you and to I to build the body up. If you've ever been in an environment where people use spiritual gifts to beat you down, that's not what they're for. They are there to build up. That's what the body it says. They are there to build up the body. It says 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given to for the common good. For the common good. And so spiritual gifts are an amazing thing that come from God, not from us. And they can come and go. Like, for instance, the gift of healing. If you were injured this week, we've had, every week we have people injured because the church is so big. And so if you were injured and you said, Matt, would you pray for me? I always pray for you. In fact, the Bible even says lay hands on the sick and pray the prayer of faith and, and they'll be healed. And so I do that. And there have been times when it's like, okay, God does heal, but it's over our time. You know, like the body's healing it, God's healing the body. But I have prayed for people and miraculous on-the-spot healing has happened. Even in my own life, it's happened. I'm like, wow, like, I go to the hospital. This man has been told, your wife is not coming out of the hospital. You need to say goodbye to her. And the Lord just put on my heart, he's going to heal her. 
And I prayed for her. And I was weeping because I just, my heart was going out for this guy. Like, what if that was my wife? And what would I feel? And how would that be? And, 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 I, and I, I, I was so careful because I didn't want to, like, give him false hope. But I said, I, this might just be me and my heart for you because I love you guys. But I really think that God's going to heal your wife. She walked out of the hospital the next day. Like, that's a miracle. I've seen a, an ankle this big around literally go down to normal and the guy goes slam the basketball right after we pray for him. Slam it down the hoop and play basketball the rest of the night. But I've prayed for other people and that doesn't happen. See, if it was me, if I could control it, I would just go to the hospital and just send everybody home. It'd bankrupt the hospital, but man, everybody would be healed. It'd be great. I'd just go around healing everybody. But it doesn't come from me. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, all these are the work of the one and same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. And I know that's hard, especially when a loved one of yours, you're praying for healing and it doesn't happen. But I promise you, even on the other side in heaven, it does happen. And we trust God in those things. But all the other gifts, they, they can God can bestow gifts on you, and it's like a season, an anointing of that. And you'll know when it's gone, when it just irritates you. And it's time for you to do something different. And here's why. God is not using you. God is using you while he develops you. Does that make sense? So what God is, is he's participating. When Jesus said, follow me and I will show you how to fish for men, it was participatory. It wasn't you're going to go to Bible college, seminary, and then we'll start getting you out there. It was come right now, let's go fishing, I'm going to show you how to do it. And then he sent him out. It's a participatory thing. And it's absolutely incredible. When I became a pastor, the first place I worked, I was a part-time junior high pastor. It was a big, it was a large church. And uh, one of the tasks of the pastor was, of the pastors, was during the, the music, the worship set, you would, uh, we would all take turns, but you'd come up and you would read a psalm, out of the book of Psalms, and you would um, read the psalm, you'd pray, and you'd exhort the crowd to worship Jesus the way the psalm says to worship Jesus. And so what I would do is I would uh, memorize what I was going to read because I was a poor reader. Like it wasn't that I couldn't read, but especially in front of adults. I mean, you put me in front of a thousand kids, awesome. Let's just fun, right? You put me in front of a thousand adults, especially in my twenties, I was like going, ah, you know. So I would memorize it. Every once in a while, the pastor would have like a message that is goes directly with the psalm, and so he'd come up every once in a while, and and totally like this is what he should do, right? And he'd go. Hey, Matt, um, I don't know what psalm you're going to read. What was it? Oh, hey, would you read this one instead? It goes with the message. I would just start sweating bullets, man, because it's like, I haven't memorized that one. I need to do this in like four minutes. It's going to be me up there doing this like right now. And, and I just like freaking out. And you know what God would do? It's just grace and his anointing and his spiritual giftedness would take over and carry me. Here's what you've got to know about spiritual gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit will stretch you beyond your comfort zone. 
It's not like Christmas where it's like, it's a gift, woohoo, open, fun, play. It's a gift that will stretch you. Like, it will just like, it'll be one of those things where it's like, I don't know if I can do this. The first time I ever preached, I was in ninth grade, and our youth pastor, Brad, he said, Morgan, I'm sick of you talking while I'm talking. You're always talking when I'm talking, so next week you're going to talk, and I'm going to talk the whole time you're talking. And I was like, fine, I'll probably do it better than you anyway, you know, because I was this cocky ninth grade kid. And so I did that at youth group, but when I got home, I freaked out. I'm like going, Mom and Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching next week. Like, I have to do the message. And they go, well, you better come up with a Bible verse. I mean, like, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, well, you got to figure it out, Matthew. Like, you're going to have to come up with something. What's a Bible verse you know? And so we kind of talked, and I came up with a verse, and they said, well, you better have some talking points, because after you read it, it's going to be one of the shortest messages of all time, so you better come up with some talking points. And so we came up with a few talking points, and I go to youth group, and my heart was just pounding out of my chest, but Brad had challenged me, so I was trying to be cool, right? And, but inside, man, I was like, no! And, and so I start to talk, and Brad is talking while I'm talking to heckle me, because that's what I always did to him. And, and so I read the passage of Scripture, and then I launched into my first point, and the moment that I launched into my first point, everybody went silent. Everybody's listening to me. I was like, this is so cool. Because I felt the Holy Spirit speaking through me. This is the favorite part of my job. This is the most, this is the best part of my week. I love it. There's other people, this is not a spiritual gift for them. They would hate it, but I love it. And it stretches me. And you need to know that God's going to stretch you. Like, we're going to ask you, go volunteer in a ministry. Now, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to a place that interests you. That'll be just natural and normal for you. Like, if you don't like babies, don't volunteer in our nursery. You won't like it. The babies won't like it. But if you love babies, go there. If you love coffee, go serve in coffee. If you love music, come up here and ask Freddie about how to audition for this thing. If you love tech, like wherever it might be, but you need to know it will stretch you. And a lot of people avoid it because it's like that moment where Brad's like, oh, you got to do it. I'm like, whatever, I'll do it. And then you're like, I got to do this. I've actually had people who have been like, you, you know, like they'll, they'll volunteer and, and then it changes their life. Because it's like they find this light bulb experience and, and all of a sudden, it's just like, here's you got to know, your gifts reveal God's plan for your life. That's what they do. I, we've actually had people, we, we have an amazing lady who is now a teacher in the Arlington School District. And she started volunteering here teaching our kids. She's like, I got to do this full time. I got I to quit doing the job I'm doing and I got to do that. And she did. I could change your life. I've had people who volunteer and they literally go into ministry. Like just from volunteering, they, they, they go into full-time ministry at some point in some way. Why? Because God's just doing something in their heart. It's such an incredible thing to let God let your life come alive. Your spiritual gifts show how to use your life for Him. Ephesians 4.16, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body's healthy and growing and full of love. 
Now here's, you got you to, this is a caution and an exciting thing. Here's the caution. When you find your sweet spot, your gift, you're going to get excited about it. And because you're excited about it, you're going to think, everybody should do what I do. This, there's nothing better than this, right? So like literally, like you, you could find like, maybe you, you, like, you love serving at the Saturday morning food blessing. It just like, you can't wait till Saturday morning. Like, like and, and giving people food who need food and praying for people and, and just talking with them. And man, you just love it. You just think this is the greatest thing in the world. And you start thinking, everybody in the church should do this. In fact, if you don't show up for this, you're probably not even a Christian. Because Christians would give food away. And then you've got other people that go, they, they literally discover that intercessory prayer is their thing. Now you might go, well, everybody prays as a Christian. You're right. Intercessory prayer is when you pray for hours. And they like it. <laughs> like, intercessors can pray for, like, oh, I had the best prayer time this morning. I prayed for an hour and a half, man, I worshiped. And just opened God's word and he spoke to me. It was so, and I prayed for this person and that person. I sent 25 texts to encourage these friends that God laid on my heart. And man, it was such an amazing morning. And everybody should be interceding and praying. And it sounds spiritual, right? Because it's prayer. And it is spiritual. It's spiritual. So is the food blessing. In fact, craftsmanship is a spiritual gift. And the guys that came in here, the people that took those sound panels off the walls, and then they recovered them, and then they painted the walls, and they put them up straight. Doesn't that look cool? Like, it's like, that's amazing. Like, these things are symmetrical, they're straight, they look great, the room sounds great. That's spiritual, too. That's spiritual. Here's the deal. It's spiritual to be a greeter at the front door because you're friendly and you never met a stranger and you just love being around people. And that just sounds so spiritual because Jesus would be friendly and he loves people. It's also spiritual to clean the building when nobody's here and when people walk in, it's a beautiful building. Even though you didn't talk to anybody. You just had this gift of doing it. Like, there's, there's so much there. I want to give you an, a, a kind of a silly example, but here's how the different gifts can work especially in church. Let's say that we're out on the uh, a patio out front and we're having one of our bar barbecues in the summer. And so we're back now, we can have barbecues again. And we're having a barbecue and somebody gets their food and everybody's doing their thing and somebody grabs a dessert. And as they, they're walking along, they drop the dessert. So the dessert's all over the patio, okay? The gift of mercy person. Here's a person who's a gift of mercy. Here's their response. Oh, don't feel bad. It could happen to anybody. It's okay. The person with the gift of preaching, well, that's what happens when you're not careful. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff out here. You've got to be careful. The gift of serving, oh, please, let me help you with that. Can I, can I help you pick that up? The gift of teaching, well, the reason it fell was because it's too, too heavy on the one side. There's no way that plate could hold that. In fact, the, the, just the whole, that chocolate pudding pie that Matt loves so much, it just kind of saturated into the plate and thing fell apart. Gift of exhortation, hey, you guys, next time, let's serve the dessert with the meal. Just, it'll just be easier. The gift of giving. Hey, can I buy you another dessert? I know the dessert table's out. I'm just going to run down to Dairy Queen and I'll get you something. I'll be right back. The gift of administration. Hey, Jim, would you get the mop, Sue? Could you sweep it up? And Bill, could you get us another dessert? 
All of those are great responses, but they're different based on the gift. See how that works? And what can happen is we can start to think my gift is the most important gift because that's what God put in me. Everybody should do children's ministry because children are loved by Jesus. He said, let the little children come to me. Anybody who hinders these children is not a good thing to happen. Right? And it's true. Children's ministry is super important. It is. So is junior high ministry. So is high school ministry. So are life groups for adults. So are cleaning the building. So is the coffee bar. I mean, I could just go all around this place. It's all really important. And we need everybody. He takes the body and he makes it all fit together to do its part. You ever smash your thumb? My, th my thumbnail's still growing back there. Most of the time, I don't even think about that thing. It just does its part. Like when I grab my snowmobile and I just rip it and rip it, I need the thumb. Right? That's the way it works. God wants you and I to recognize the thumb. Value the thumb. While we value the foot arm and the ear and the eye and whatever he wants us to do our part and cheer on all the other parts it's such if we're gonna reach and prepare so that we can have two to three thousand of god's babies from this community here we need you we need every one of you and god wants our life to come alive. Here, your gifts will bring you great fulfillment in your life. That's how you know you're operating in your gift. You feel this fulfillment. And every person has the desire and need to have meaning and purpose. Without it, we just it, it's, we feel like a waste of space. It is such a critical thing. In John 15, verses 8 through 12, Jesus says, this is to my Father's glory. What's to His glory? That you bear much fruit. You would see many people know Jesus. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I've told you this so that my joy, may be, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. God wants you to have this joy. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. How do you love others? Love does. It serves. Love does. And God sets your life so on fire to him when you are doing what he does real joy here's the deal you can have happy times with money but it's not joy money makes things easier but it doesn't bring big joy there's lots of people out there with lots of money and there's no joy lots of stuff doesn't bring lots of joy it brings some pleasure and there's lots of people out there with lots of stuff and they're still not happy what brings joy is knowing that your life matters you're doing something that it, you're, you're connected to the purpose that God's put in your life and you're using it so that others can find 
there. It really is the thrill of the Holy Spirit rushing through you in your spirit. Nothing. There is nothing. I am an adrenaline junkie. There is nothing that compares to this. Nothing. Even, even skydiving, which the high lasts for over an hour. You're just still just going, Wah! doesn't compare to this. The Holy Spirit working in you and through you. Our life will come alive as we exercise our gifts. If you will exercise your gift, your life will ignite for Jesus. You are designed to give, go, and serve. You are not designed to sit and eat. How many people just come, sit, and eat? Do you know what would happen to your body if you went home every night and you just sat and ate? It isn't pretty. It doesn't work. And you feel like a slug. Like you just, The more you do it, the more lethargic you feel, which makes you do it even more. And God's like, oh, no, I want you to sense what this is like. You're designed to move spiritually, mentally, and physically. Every one of you is designed to move. If you stop using your brain, you know what happens to it? Atrophies. You stop using your brawn, you know what happens to it? It atrophies. Stop using your blessing, you know what happens to it? It atrophies. One of the places to look, if you're feeling dry spiritually, if you're feeling like it's just kind of like, it's just the, I, I was so on fire for Jesus. Now, there's a lot of things you can look at. There's things like maybe sin. There's things like, am I, am I spending any time with God? But a lot of people don't think about this one. Am I exercising my gifts? Jesus tells a parable of three guys. He says, this is a parable of the talents. I'm going to give one, one, two, two, or one, another two, and another five. Guys, go and, and, and invest this. And he comes back, and the guy with one buried it in the sand. He did nothing with it. The guy with two multiplied it. The guy with five multiplied it. And Jesus said, take from the guy that did nothing and give it to the guy that has the most. You think, well, that's not fair. Why wouldn't you give it to the guy who had less than the most but did something? Jesus said, to him who has will have even more. To him who does nothing. He said to him who's wicked. That that gift can be just, it just goes away. How do you get that going again? Jump back in. Jump back in. Let God do this amazing thing inside of you. Now, how do you do it? How do you discover it? Grab the piece. Got a piece next to you, that puzzle? The same way that you would use the puzzle. You would look at that thing and you go, okay, I've got this like uh, this little point on the left here over here, and there's a little whoop-de-doo here. It goes down and then back up again. It rounds off on this side, and then there's another little dip in there. looks like a little alcove, and then, then it kind of jets out again over here. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of blue. It's got that kind of a, it's kind of sky blue, and then it's a little white there. I wonder if that's a cloud. There's a green dot, like right at the bottom here. Like that, that could look like it's a tip of a tree. So then you start looking in the puzzle. You're like going, 
Where does it look like there's some sky? Sky's usually at the top, so let's look at that, you know. But there's a tree, so it can't be all the way at the top, so you've got to go a little bit down. Like, is there anything there's, like, green trees in this thing? And you go, hey, that, that might work. And you, you put it in there, and, it, and it's like it doesn't fit. So you just give up and go, God doesn't want to use you because you don't fit. No, you, it's like you're doing the puzzle. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I, I'm gonna just, how about over here? Oh, no. How about, and, and when you get it there, it's almost like it just falls in there. It's just so, it's like just butter, like boom. You will know when you get in the right spot. You will know. If you will be diligent and try. Paul writes Timothy, his protege, 1 Timothy 4.14, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received from the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. So he said, hey, this, God's given it to you. Now don't neglect it. You've got to do it. In the second letter, in 2 Timothy 1.6, he says, Fan into flame the gift God gave you. You ever try to like go camping and it's kind of raining and you start to start a fire? What do you do when it won't go? You like start fanning it into flame. Why? Because it's not going to just go if you don't work it. So Paul says to Timothy, fan your spiritual gift. Peter says in 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So where is this all going? Jump into a ministry. Take your piece of the puzzle and go put it into a church. Now here's our commitment to you. We don't want to burn you out, but we do want to fire you up. So really, like, if, if, a mini- if you're already involved in ministry and it's just wearing on you, like you're just thinking, this is not what I want to do anymore, it, it means the grace of that is gone. I did junior high ministry for five years. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And then all of a sudden, God was like, I've got something else for you, Matt. I want you to do high school ministry. I want you to take over the whole youth program and you train the junior high people and you do high school. I did that. I did 18 years in youth ministry. And then God says, Matt, I got something else for you. Got something else. So when it gets to that point and you need to make a change, we're going to celebrate with you. We're going to help you find your next spot. Because it's just about God's kingdom. It's not about that one ministry. It's not even about our church. It's about God's kingdom.